Are you ready for Vikings football? Are you sure you're ready? We are just six days away from the beginning of the 2023 NFL season. And the Vikings kick off at home against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at noon central time. We're going to talk a little bit about it, but we're going to save most of that conversation for Wednesday's show. Today, we're going to talk big picture. We're going to talk bold predictions. We're going to talk the health of the salary cap. We're going to talk about college football. Why? Vikings are probably going to draft a quarterback next year. And did they show out uh, this past weekend? And I, I get to start the show by making fun of Dave. Always a good time. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Welcome to the Real Forno Show. Hosted by Tyler Fornis, the managing editor of USA Today's Vikings Wire. Writer for the College Football Network. Publisher of Substack Run In Shooter. Host of the good, the bad, and the hungry on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network, as well as a founding member of Vikings First and Score. You are looking live. Welcome back to another episode of The Real Forno Show. I am your host, Tyler Fornis. With me, as always, is producer Dave, also known as the loser in the top right corner. <laughs> how are you? I'm doing good on this Monday. And if, if you don't know what I mean by Dave is a loser, well, let, let me just point to this beautiful bottle right here of bourbon. And I have the label all kind of screw, screwed up. Scalvin. So if you remember when we talked about the roster construction last Monday, we had talked about Andre Carter the second, and I said he would be rostered. Dave said no, so we bet a fifty dollars bottle of bourbon. Well, I went a little under that because I thought it would be appropriate to get a Viking themed bottle of bourbon, considering this is a Viking show. Good choice. And I have never had this before, which was also for me a prerequisite. Ooh. On the rocks. Very, very sweet smelling. Decent amount of caramel. A nice barley bite. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I think this might be something I use as more of a mixer than uh, on the rocks. But it's pretty good. Um I I would definitely get it again, especially at the price point. So welcome to the show. Free just, for you. I I had to get that off my chest because I'm a very, very kind and humble man. But oh gosh, does it feel good to win some whiskey? So uh, yeah, courtesy of Dave, welcome to the show. We are just six days away from the Minnesota Vikings kicking off the 2023 season. And you know what that means? Oh, Patrick. I appreciate one. I appreciate you joining us every week, but I have drank on the air plenty, my friend, plenty. And I, I can almost guarantee you I've drank while you have been watching the show. Cause a lot of times I'll have it in this nice little Yeti today. It's just water because I love water, but I do really, I, I do enjoy a good bourbon, a good beer. Um, it's pumpkin season. And I love pumpkin. If you if you ever want to appease the host of the show, 
buy some pumpkin and I will, I will send you my address and you can ship it to me. I, it's my favorite thing in the world. Um, but let's, let's have some conversations here, Dave. This is a very interesting Vikings team. And we've talked in depth about every aspect of this team over the course of the last, I don't know, six months, really preparing for this moment. And uh, Narcephus, what a nice guy. Hello, Tyler. Hello, loser. Oh, (laughs) this is great. This is great. You know, I I don't have a producer qualifications or anything for the show, but if it did, I would be changing Dave right there underneath. (laughs) And it would be extra fun. And we'll, we'll stop making fun of Dave. Dave's wonderful, but it's just, just too easy. So, we're going to go a little different today. We're going to talk about some bold predictions. We are going to discuss the health of the Viking salary cap moving forward and kind of the intricacies behind it. And then we're also going to talk about college football and future prospects because we're going to be doing a heavier focus on college football this season than we ever had before on this show. Why? It's important to understand who is coming to the Minnesota Vikings from the college class. It's important to know who those prospects are so you can be prepared come NFL draft time. We're going to we're going to have a lot of fun come draft time. There's going we may even do extra shows and we're going to have guests. We're going to have a lot of fun conversation and maybe if we can do it, we're going to break down some film for you. There's going to be a lot of really good stuff coming up. But it's good to keep track during the football season so you also know the the little nuances and that's what i'm here for i watch college football like an absolute sicko it drives my wife crazy and my wife is wonderful but saturdays for college football 11 a.m to 1 a.m and there was some good games yes yeah and we're gonna get to those but let's talk some bold predictions dave i have three and I want to get your take on those, and I want to hear any you have as well. So I know I, I told you this afternoon we're going to do some bold predictions, but I don't know if I directly told you that you, I, I would like to hear yours as well. So let's start with number one. And this is this is kind of spicy, but there's a pathway to it. And my first bold prediction is uh, Ed Ingram cuts his pressures in half year over year. I would love and that. I, I'm going to say he gets down to 32 pressures. Okay. That is a really, really big jump. It's, these are supposed to be bold. So I'm not going to say that these are going to happen for sure. I'm not going to say that it's even a guarantee to happen or be close. It's something that I could see a pathway towards and let's have a conversation. That's kind of what these bold predictions are about. And, Ingram's issues are rooted in technique and I wouldn't say instinct, but how he comes off the ball and it just needs to be cleaned up. And the, the really difficult part with technique, Dave, and as an offensive lineman, um, I think you can confirm this teaching new technique is, is easy. Drilling it to muscle memory is what is really difficult. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, his issues are just little minute technique things. We've talked about it. You've heard me talk about oversetting before where he just comes out of his stance and he just goes way too far to one side of the line. 
And then you have a defense on it. Oh, my, your leverage is way over to the right. Oh, I'm just going to beat you inside to the left. And then I get a sack. Those are the kind of things he needs to fix. Will he be able to fix those? We saw a little bit of a mixed bag in the one preseason game. He really got to play, but we're not going to know a lot until one Ingram plays a consistent amount in the regular season. And two, he plays with first string talent. That was something he wasn't playing with in the preseason. For comparison, Christian Derrissaw and Brian O'Neill each had 23 and 24 pressures allowed, respectively. So getting Ingram down to 32 is, a, is ambitious. If he gets to 40 allowed, I think that's a huge win for the Vikings. That's a massive, massive jump. Multiple things are going to happen to get us there. The offense and Kevin O'Connell play calling to make things easier. Along with that, he's going to have more experience and he's going to have a full year under his belt where he had all offseason to try and fix what was going wrong. I think he can do it. We'll see. But I'm, I'm very bullish on the potential of Ed Ingram still because he has a lot of positives to his game. Dave, what do you think? I agree. No, I hope he gets down to 32. That would put him, well, it put him about 42nd, 40th of guards in the league, which is a hell of an improvement over where he was last year. So I think that would be good. And if, hey, by all means, let him do it. I want to see development because if he develops into something, believe it or not, that may be one of the bigger things on Quasi's draft of 2022 that looks good. So we'll have to see. I hope he does. I don't see why he can't, given the offseason, given the adjustment, given the training. Hopefully he can uh, be better. I like it. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be better. I don't know what kind of better he's going to be as I... I'm actually in the middle of a fantasy football draft right now, if you can believe it. Oh, my gosh. My neighbors are fantastic people. I I absolutely crushed them in this draft. It's it's honestly hilarious how how, how much better I did than than they, than them. But why aren't they watching? Well, you know, uh, I actually my my neighbor, Mike, who runs the league, he watches from time to time, but not everybody's as invested in the Vikings and that's OK. They'll, they'll be here eventually. They always come. I've got a couple neighbors. One of them, Alex, he's he's probably my my best friend in the neighborhood. He's he watches this regularly. So if you're you're watching, Alex, salute. <laughs> Dave's free bourbon. Yeah. And man, it's got a really I'm not gonna say rye, because I think it's all a heavy barley. It's got a barley bite to it. I sent you what they did. I'll give you the mash bill. Yeah, and I think it was heavy barley. Mm. Yeah, it's it's good. I ain't complaining, but it's I like more of a smoother, uh, smoother bourbon when it comes to like some I sip on the rocks. Maybe I'll pour some some seven up in there. Seventy four percent corn, twenty one percent rye, five percent barley. Oh yeah, you can definitely taste the rye. Uh, you can definitely. Taste the rye. Rye is but, what I, makes things spicier. Yeah, I like rye. Um, 
Oh, Dave, uh, before I get to my next bold prediction, you are going to love this. Do you know what my fantasy football team name is this year? Dave's Whiskey. Extra Virgin Olave Oil. <laughs> yeah. I thought of that one all by myself, and uh, I'm very proud of it. Uh, yeah. Okay, Dave, my second bold prediction. All right. Daniil Hunter, 17 sacks. I already got you beat on that. I said a couple months ago he's going to get 20. I think 20 is ambitious. I think 17 is ambitious. He's never had more than 14 and a half. He's going to get 20. But the way, the way Brian Flores runs his defense and the way he attacks, and I think this is really key. Hunter is a guy who doesn't necessarily win on the first move. He wins on the counter move, and he sets you up so he can take advantage of you. But he's not going to win with like elite athleticism or strength. So he's going to get to the quarterback at about two and a half, three seconds. And usually the ball can be out. But he's so good at creating that pressure that it a lot of times doesn't matter. Well, with the way this defense is going to blitz, it's going to make an impact. And the way that this team is going to blitz, it could free him up to have three runs of the quarterback to make it easier for him to beat offensive linemen. And that can make a really big difference as well. In this defense, Matt Judon last year had what? 15 and a half sacks. Like he was a monster. Mm -hmm. He he was leading the league in sacks for quite a while. I don't know if he finished with that lead, but he was great all season. And those little things, Dave, make such a big difference where when you talk about blitzing and how, how things manifest for themselves. Blitzing is going to help Hunter because it's going to make his life easier and it's going to do a lot of those little nuanced things. I'm really, really excited to kind of see how that ends up going. And the way Brian Flores implements these guys is going to be very, very fun to watch. Mm -hmm. I agree. I can't wait. We're going to see the starters this weekend. <laughs> I, I know that. Now we both cannot talk. We, somebody's got to talk and say something. I will say, jump in and welcome everybody that's watching and chatting in the, uh, for this video, Skull Mafia, Gary, uh, my worthless opinion, of course, Raymond, Mateo, Harms, the great Dr. Proto, Aaron baking down here in Austin with me, and uh, anybody else that I missed, I apologize, but we are happy you are here. Yes, we are. And thank you very much for joining every single week. We are growing exponentially, and we would like to continue that growth, Dave. And one yes. way that we can give back to you, and this will be the last time we get to talk about it on this show, Dave. Before we get to that last bold prediction, mm-hmm. we want to be able to send you guys to the week one game of your choice. But you have to enter by tomorrow in order to be eligible. As in how right after they, this show. How can they do that, Dave? They need to go to contest.fansfirstsports.com 
and fill out the information that they request, and you will be entered. And I repeat that, contests at fansfirstsports.com. Fill out the information, you'll have a chance at four tickets. It's a group of four. And you get to choose where? Up to $5,000. And so I do the math, that's $1,250 per ticket. That gets you primo seats in just about any stadium in the NFL, and especially Mm -hmm. at U.S. Bank. Yeah. Um, What uh, Gary's asking me about Skullfest. What is Skullfest? Skullfest is a bunch of creators uh, that are getting together on Friday. Friday, I think it is, or Saturday. Um, Mm -hmm. I've got it marked down. No, it's Saturday. And they're getting together with a whole bunch of fans and celebrating Vikings land, where we all reside, where we all create YouTube pages and talk Vikings and doing this and doing that. And it's Saturday, and they're having a big-ass party. It's the very first one. They want to make it annual that locals and people coming in for the game or whatever can come together and celebrate being all part of this big family that we see in our remarks every week, right, every show. A lot of these folks are going to be there, and it's going to be fun. Justin, who just popped in, is going to be one of the hosts there as well. And so they're going to have a good time. I wish I could be there. It's going to be great. Sarah, as we know, who usually comes in and watch, I haven't seen her yet, she's making this cool T-shirt for folks that want the T-shirt. And it's going to be a party. It's just, it's... Everybody that watches on YouTube, us and all, you know, and a good majority of the other shows are excited and they're getting together. Northeast uh, Palace, it starts at five o'clock on Saturday. Oh, that's pretty cool. You um, should go. I, I, You're in town. I, I, I don't think I, I'll be able to commit to going, unfortunately, just because I life and um, college most football. of my. Yeah, most of my Saturdays are college football. And I'm going to be honest, Texas and Alabama is at 630 that day. And th- I told my wife, like, there's a few games where I'm going to be like, no, you leave me alone. I'm not doing anything. That's mm-hmm. one of them. That's one of the biggest games of the year. I will be pl- have my butt planted in on my couch downstairs with a pizza and a couple <laughs> beers and my doggies. And I will be watching that football game. But that sounds really cool. Um, unfortunately, but, uh, I just... I won't. I don't think I'll be able to make it. MWO just put up the address. So, if any of you guys are watching and want to attend, there it is. And I will punch in. Come on. The link for the tickets, and like I said, it expires today. You've got to get this done today if you want a chance to win four free tickets, courtesy of Fans First Sports Network. Which Vikings first and skull is the Vikings arm? There we go. All right. Let's move forward. I don't want to move forward. I want to talk about Daniil. I'm looking something up real quick. Okay. When did uh, Jared Hunter, or Jared Hunter, Jared Allen should have set his record? How many seasons had he played so far? 
Jared Allen was that I think it was 2011 that he he had that insane year because it was a year that where we stunk. Um, it was either 11 or 13, and if it was 11, he had been in eight years. And if it was 13, he'd been in 10. It was 11. It was his eighth season. What number season is this for Daniil? Ninth. It's his eighth. Oh, He's going eighth. into okay. his eighth season. No, uh, 2015 was his rookie year. So this would be nine. Yeah, but you got to remember, he skipped one. He skipped uh, 20. Even if he missed the season, it's still his ninth season. The ninth year of his career. Uh, you're seeing this in the remarks that I have heard more on Mary. And if you would have watched last night, you would have known what that's about. Uh, Mary, the lovely and beautiful Miss Mary, matriarch of Vikings land, was in the hospital for the last four days. She is now at home. Things are stable. Oh, she's got she's got uh, some specialists to see yet, but she is at home where she wants to be, and that's a good thing. And as of right now, everything's stable, and we want it to stay that way. But your thoughts and prayers are greatly appreciated for her. To you, Mary. All the good vibes and health for you. Gary, she I'm got glad really, really sick. That's that's such a great thing. Um, Mary is one of the best people I've encountered since starting the show. And she even sent Odie a nice little care package. Uh, she's just a gem of a human. And we should all aspire to be more like Mary. Just genuine good people and i don't mean that in you should all send od care packages he doesn't need it <laughs> but just, no be like uh, mary stop. and be the nice and thoughtful of, of doing something for somebody else because you want to not because they need it be more like mary let's move on to the third and final bold prediction before we kind of get into some nitty-gritty stuff dave Mm-hmm. My third bold prediction, and there'll be more. I'm going to do a full article on Vikings Wire, and that'll probably come out tomorrow. When you look at this team, Brian Flores is going to make a really big impact on the defense. We hope so. We expect it. I'm going to go. I'm going to go a little bold. I think they are going to rank. At least 20th in either yards allowed or points allowed. This defense is going to improve a lot just because of the addition of Flores. I don't think it's going to be a great defense. It's going to be a solid to good defense. And paired with the offense that we should have next year. This year. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Starting that, Sunday. That, that sounds great. The thing with like Kirk Cousins is he hasn't had a the same play caller for back-to-back years. I think he had it once during his Washington days, but I don't even know if I he had it so. once. This might be the. I think he's already said this is the first time. That's huge. It's it's like being in Spanish class, and then you go to a new teacher who 
has a completely different curriculum. And when they start, it's like more like Spanish three and you're supposed to be learning Spanish two. And it's like, uh, what? You don't know what's going on and you have to be able to catch up. And that's kind of what learning a playbook is like. I know these concepts. I know a ping concept. I know how to run four verts. I know mesh rail, but I now I have to learn how you speak it, how you check out in and out of stuff, how you run protections, how you run your formations out of this exact play. That stuff matters. Kirk doesn't have to think about that stuff. Guess what he can do? He can take it next level. That's why do you think guys like Mahomes have had so much success? Yes, it's because they're great, but they have continuity. Mm-hmm. He had Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid from 2017 through 2022. That's six years. That's a massive freaking deal. It makes an, a major impact on a team to have that kind of continuity. The Vikings are in a good spot because they have continuity right now. Now, are they going to have continuity forever? No, but they have it now and they can be able to take steps forward. This could be a top five offense. I I think that that's going to be awesome. And uh, the purple heel Dave uh, said um, that it was a great call on Gaskin. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're, you're like the third person to mention that. And it makes me feel good. (laughs) Um, Look, Cousins having the ability to go that extra mile and not have to learn an offense, but be able to continue to build around it. So important. Very, 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 very important. And I'm really excited to see how that works. And plus he's not going to have to deal with as much BS because his defense is going to be improved. So there's going to be in theory, less pressure on him. To put up and, a lot of points. And Skull TYA said, don't care about yards. Points is what he cares about. And he hopes we're in the top 15 and points allowed. That would be great. That would be fantastic. Now, I suspect with his defense, we're going to get burned a few times, especially as the youngsters learn it. But I think the causing havoc is just going to drive offensive coordinators that we play absolutely nuts. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. Now, let's talk about salary cap, Dave. Let's talk about salary cap, Dave. I released a piece this weekend on the Vikings Wire talking about the health of the salary cap. And we know that there's a lot of dead money. But here's the thing about that dead cap. You have we were in such a bad salary cap situation health wise that we had to figure out how we were going to fix it. And Quasi Ophamets had to make some tough decisions. Bye to Eric Hendricks. Bye to Adam Thielen. It, it wasn't easy to make those calls, but they found a way. And this is where the competitive rebuild comes into play. You try to reset your roster while trying to win. It's not easy to do. It, you're going to have growing pains. But this is the nature of the business right now. And the Vikings are trying to prove that they can do it, especially because they won 13 games last season. There's a lot of turnover on this team. So salary cap health is interesting. It The cap space that we have right now is only $3.48 million. $39.7 million in dead cap. That number sucks, but it was a necessary evil. 
Okay. So the, Hey, Joseph, send me a ribeye. We're both drinking bourbon today. It's good to see you, Joseph. Glad you're back. Yeah. All right. 2024 is where things get weird. Now, these numbers are going to be different than what you're used to. Right now, the official dead cap is 3.1 million. Multiple players, their dead cap isn't dead yet because the contract hasn't voided. Kirk Cousins, 28 million. Daniel Hunter, 28 and a half. Daniel Hunter has, uh, I want to say it's 12. And like, Marcus Davenport is six and a half. That money is already included in the salary cap space. So that money is still taken up, which is $47.5 million free right now with 13 roster spots available. They have 40 players under contract next year. To be exact, 28.5 for Cousins, 14.9 for Hunter, and 6.8 for Davenport. Yep. Those numbers won't be the same. Uh, as we look forward, okay? Those numbers will be different because I would expect at least one of Hunter or Davenport to be back next year, if not both. Kirk is a maybe. We just don't know. We really don't know what's going to happen at the quarterback position. But we are going to approach this like Kirk is gone for this exercise because I I, I really don't think he's going to end up being here, one. And two, we're talking trying about trying to talk about the future health of the salary cap, all right? So you have $47 million to play with. That includes Justin Jefferson's $19 million salary. That includes TJ Hawkinson's extension. That includes all that dead money for Kirk and Daniil and Davenport. But if they re-sign, that money will continue to be spread out over however many void years that they had. So that that's important to know too. Where like Kirk Cousins, you'll save like $18 million approximately if you re-sign him. Now you're going to have to pay him and that money's going to go up anyways, but the rest of that dead money will keep being spread out. It matters. And that that's why like the health of the salary cap and how Quasi wants to continue forming this team in his image is going to be interesting. And this is where we're going to really figure out if Quasi's the guy or if you need to move on. This next offseason is going to be really telling how some of those results are. 2022's draft class. We've talked about it ad nauseum. You got to give it time. They have it now. After this season, we can really start making some conclusions because we'll have enough of a sample size. The early returns aren't good. But the why behind those early returns are frustrating and injury-related. If they stay healthy and they still think, oh boy, that's a completely different conversation. But right now, we have to be ambiguous with our thought process on the 2022 draft class and see where things go. And it could be that that Kwesi just does not know how to scout talent. He does not know how to make decisions on talent. And that is a problem. We'll see if that manifests itself. We, we just don't know. We need more information. And that's why I have been far slower to be critical of Kwesi Dofomensa because you have to give a new general manager time to form the team in his image. And you have to see how those players perform. As of right now, it's a mixed bag. It's some good, some bad. And we'll see. But the health of the salary cap is going to give him the ability 
to maneuver. And 2025, this is where things really get interesting. Only 30 players on the roster, most of which are draft picks. 167 million projected in salary cap space. That does not include a Justin Jefferson extension. That does not include a Daniel Hunter extension. Doesn't even include Daniel or Kirk Cousins' dead money. Now, we're going to see how he wants to prioritize that money because that's a lot of money to play with. If anybody's ever had to budget and all of a sudden you just have this miscellaneous pile like, oh, I have an extra $10,000. What should we do with it? I don't know. Let's go to Vegas. Let's go buy a boat. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But hey, what about this mystery box? It could even be a boat. Like that's kind of what you're looking at. You're looking at a guy who has a lot of money to play with down the line. How does he want to allocate it? How does he feel are the right assets to allocate that money to? That's what's really going to be interesting with how Adolfo Mensa handles this. And 2026, it just shows how few players the Vikings really have committed to. $254 million in projected salary cap space in 2026 with only 13 players under contract. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out real They'll quick. have more. I mean, he's got to field a full team, so. Well, yeah, I, uh, Dave, that's what I'm trying to say. We don't know how he wants to shape this team yet. He handed out his first real contract extension last week to TJ Hawkinson. We're we're going to see how he wants to shape this team. At golf, because all the other four-letter words were taken. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know this, but golf at, is was actually invented by men to get away from women because it, it literally, the original acronym is Gentlemen Only, Ladies Forbidden. Like, I'm surprised they haven't tried to change it yet, but it is really ingrained in a culture. So that might be a big portion of it, but we are not a, uh, we are not that type of show. We are a football show. So uh, Dave, how much college football did you watch this weekend? I saw highlights, especially the Colorado game. Oh God. Let's talk about the Colorado game. Those of you who don't know, the head coach of Colorado is, Coach Prime, also known as Deion Sanders. Yes, that same Deion Sanders. And it's a very interesting case here because Deion took over a program that was really in the doldrums. They won the national championship in 1990. Um, You can go watch the 30 for 30 on those teams, the gospel of Coach Mack on ESPN that documentary series, which is one of the best things created in the last 15, 20 years. But they've been really in the, in the doldrums for the past decade plus. And he goes there and they give him all this money. And now there's a ton of fan interest. 87 new players on a college football team is nuts. Absolutely nuts. Well, they went into TCU who was the national runner up last year, made the national championship game, beat him 45, 42. His son, Shadir Sanders, 510 yards passing four touchdowns, no picks four wide receivers had over a hundred yards yesterday. They had, or on Saturday, they had two instances, all of 2022 where a receiver had a hundred yard game. They have, they lack a lot of depth at the skill positions, not not so much skill positions, but really in the trenches, they're not going to keep this up. 
especially with uh, Travis Hunter, their all world cornerback who also played a lot of wide receiver played 150 plus snaps in a hundred degree heat in Texas. He is absolutely nuts. And one of the best cornerback prospects I've ever seen, but he is, he's special and they're not going to be able to duplicate this every week, but they're legit. And Shadur Sanders is a quarterback. You need to keep your eye on. I wanted to see more because his performances at FCS Jackson state were excellent, but you you're not quite sure about competition. Dion was recruiting kids that shouldn't be playing at that level because he's Dion. How, how is it going to look when he gets to the power five? Well, it looked pretty freaking good. He looked fantastic. He was, he made some throws where he reminded me of Justin Fields at Ohio state. He was making throws with accuracy. He's making them on the run. He had poise in the pocket. He looked the part. And with a quarterback class, that's shockingly looking kind of deep. He's a contender for quarterback three. And not just deep, deep and good. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk a lot about these guys because Michael Penix Jr. of Washington balled out as well. They Washington did struggle a little bit in the first quarter. They got off to a slow start, but then Penix just went off and threw. For, I think he threw for over 400 yards, four touchdowns. One of my fantasy leagues, because I do a lot of college fantasy football, he had like 52 points. Absolutely bonkers stuff. And I'm a big Michael Penix guy, but I'm worried about the injuries long term because he's had multiple ACL tears that have ended seasons. He's had a left shoulder surgery. But man, can he just throw the football and he can move around when he needs to? It's not what he used to be because he used to be like a legit scrambler and a runner. Now he's become more of a pocket passer to try and save his body. And it's worked. He's dominant in that uh, Washington scheme. It's just incredible. Some of the things he can do. And a lot of these players, if you haven't already looked, you can find articles on them at the Vikings wire, uh, search Vikings wire and pick a quarterback type in their name. You should be able to find a scouting report on them. There was the Michigan kid that had some nice throws too. JJ McCarthy is one of my favorite pro- quarterback prospects. He's not the best. I think I had him at five or six going into the year. He's a five-star recruit, true dual threat. Doesn't have the strongest arm, but has enough zip on it. it it's kind of like a Kirk Cousins arm where it's not really elite, but it's not bad. And it's not really going to limit you, but it's not going to take you over the top either. But what he does have is wheels and he can create for himself. He can run the football do a lot of the RPO stuff, run play action boots, and he can get you 20 yard chunks in the running game if needed as well. I'm a big fan of McCarthy. I don't know if he's going to be able to take that next step to really be that, that first round pick um, that I think he can be, but I'm intrigued to kind of find out. And it's, it's what really happened to LSU. What? What happened to LSU? Oh, Brian Kelly. <laughs> Look, uh, they were missing some trench players. They lost a lot in the trenches and their best defensive lineman, Mason Taylor was out for a game because of a one game suspension due to impermissible benefits, which considering it's the NIL era is kind of hilarious, but Jane Daniels just struggles to throw the ball down the field too much. He can hit like, in rhythm stuff, he can hit like 
misdirection. He can throw on the run. But if you want him to drop back and just attack downfield, that's not his game. He's not good at it. And that is going to be a really big, really big issue in the NFL because you have to be able to do that stuff. And we're going to find out if Daniel Jones can actually do that stuff because he's never really been given the opportunity, nor has he had the receivers to do. And I'm very fascinated to see how he plays out for that reason. I think he can, he can be really good, but we have to figure it out. And this is, this is a very interesting quarterback class for that reason. Jordan Travis, I'm not fully sold on him, but he looked really good. And I think that's important. Um, oh, welcome, Bree. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, tell, uh, tell Joseph um, that he needs to send me a bottle of bourbon. Um, I'm <laughs> just saying. Um, yeah, I need to see more from Travis. He was so up and down last year. And uh, Norcephus, uh, Jane Daniels was at LSU last year. Are you talking 2021? Because that, that's very possible. Um, Lorenzo was asking about Jordan Travis. I, I just want to see more consistency. If you give, if he gives me two more games where he plays this well, then I'm going to take him a lot more seriously as a, like a, a bona fide top quarterback. But so far in his career, he's been massively inconsistent. And we're going to talk about another guy who I need to see more t- from. I ranked him as my third quarterback in, going into the year. And that was Quinn Ewers from Texas. Ewers was a perfect recruit in that he had a perfect rating on the 24-7 sports composite, which if you have a perfect one rating, that means you were the top recruit across every recruiting service. That means something. Mm -hmm. He's like a top five recruit of all time. Recruits to actually playing on Saturdays, completely different story. He has struggled. And where he struggled is just dominating the intermediate parts of the field, like 10 to 19 yard window where you got to be able to hit those crossers. You got to be able to hit those dagger digs. You got to be able to hit those out routes, all the arm talent in the world. They called him mullet Mahomes because of some of the things he could do off platform, but he just needs to work on that instructor stuff. And if he can work on that instructor stuff and really be able to figure it out, that is something that you can really develop. It just hasn't manifested itself at Texas. And that's really worrisome because if you're not doing it at Texas, why should I expect you to be able to do it in the NFL when it's a lot harder? It's a lot harder to make those throws in the NFL because you have less space. You have better uh, pass rushers coming right at you. And it can be really difficult that way. I, I need to see more from yours. I need to see him really attack that middle of the field and that intermediate level. If you can do it, I, I think that that'll make a difference. And making a difference is is exactly what he needs to do. Um, a couple more guys we'll talk about. I'm not going to talk about Caleb Williams and Drake May. Um, I'll say this. Caleb Williams is phenomenal. What he does is just bonkers. He tries too hard. And sometimes you just need to be able to see, oh, I have a 10 yard in route. I'll take, I'll take it. Instead, he tries to get on sports centers, top 10 on the majority of his throws where he intentionally bails a pocket when he doesn't need to scramble around and try and make the, the play downfield. 
Now it works. But I want to I want you to be able to do that. But you also have to be smart enough to take the easy throws. Take the wins. You be can efficient. do both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't want you to not do those special things, but I want you to understand when you don't have to. Because if after two and a half seconds you can throw the ball and get 15 yards with ease, do it. You don't have to scramble around like a crazy person and try to just make this elite throw. It, you don't have to. Take what's given to you sometimes. And I'm not talking take what's given to you and dump it off. You don't have to dump it off. But if you have a route downfield that's going to get you 10, 15 yards, that's great. That that sounds perfect to me. You don't need to be like incredible every single time. Be really good and take the easy stuff. I want to see more of that. And look, some of that is going to translate to the NFL 100%, but it's not all of it's going to. It's going to be harder to find guys open. Guys are going to be a lot better trying to chase you down. You're going to be a mm-hmm. lot faster, a lot more athletic, and a lot more powerful. That That's going to be a problem for him. And it's one of the reasons why I don't have him as QB1. I think it's a it's a two-horse race. It's him and my current QB1, Drake May. May can do a lot of that fancy stuff, too. He showed it against South Carolina. He can scramble. He can find a way to attack down the field without actually having to like bail a pocket. And when he does bail the pocket, he can actually like make those plays and create and attack downfield. Just like Williams does. He doesn't do it as high of a rate. I don't think he's quite as dynamic, but here's what he does better. He hits the easy stuff. He stays in the pocket and goes through his progressions better than Caleb Williams does right now. That doesn't mean Caleb Williams can't do that. Right now, this is what we're talking about. And I think Drake May is a better overall quarterback where Caleb Williams is a better playmaker. And there's going to be a real divide in the NFL on which player you want. I wouldn't, I don't blame anybody for having Caleb Williams above Drake May. I'm not there because I want to see some of the fundamental stuff creep into Caleb Williams game more. We're not seeing that right now. That's okay. Patrick Mahomes had some of those issues coming out too. Uh, Andy Reid helped him out. What happens if Patrick Mahomes went to somebody that wasn't Andy Reid? Would he have been able to fix those that quickly? Would he have been able to fix them at all? Like, this is why situation matters so much with quarterbacks. I want to see Caleb Williams start to fix some of this stuff. Show some form of growth this season. If he can do that, I... Uh, there's a real chance I could change my mind. He's my QB one right now. I'm having Drake may because may is phenomenal in his own right. He's got a big arm. He kind of plays like Justin Herbert as a body type of Justin Herbert and all those things add up. I'm very intrigued to see what this ends up looking like. Dave, this is a really good quarterback class. We had somebody ask about Spencer Rattler. I want to see Rattler with an offensive line because he was running for his life on Saturday night, but he <laughs> made some big boy throws. He's got arm talent. Let's see what happens throughout the rest of the year because the talent is there. Putting it together is the tough part. Oh, poor Brienne. Poor girl. <laughs> Joseph. Ah, Joseph is great. Yeah. Joseph no, is great. Hey, every once in a while, I don't know. Once every 10 years, 
there's a really good QB class that rolls through the draft. It's not often, and it may be even longer than once every 10. It may be once a generation type deal. And this one is setting up to be one of those years. And it's perfect timing for your Minnesota Vikings. Because, as we all know, Kirk Cousins' contract expires at the end of the season. And he's not going to address an extension until free agency is kicked off. He's already said that. So you know mm-hmm. he's going to look at other places that are willing to pay him money. Whether that's the Vikings at that point in time, or if the Vikings say, hey, thanks. He may go to them and say, I want an extension. And they may say, no, we're moving on. So because, especially because that class is so good. Now, how bad do you have to be? Lorenzo asked this. How bad do you have to be? He did on a couple of questions. Travis Hunter was one of them. But how bad do we have to be to get a quarterback that falls in this class that's good? Especially if if we're picking, you know, in the 20s like we normally do. Is there going to be a way to move up and get somebody? Or will somebody fall at that level that we know is going to be good? I don't know. If you want Drake, May, or Caleb Williams, you need to at minimum be in the top three. Maybe it can be top five. You at least have to be top three. Um, Based on what this quarterback class could be. And here's the tough part. There are 12 guys who played so well that they look like they could be first-round picks. That number will shrink massively by the end of the season. Guys will get exposed. They will not be able to put up the same kind of performances, and we'll have time to really dig into all their games and determine if they're going to be that guy. Right now, this looks like it could be a historic class. It could end up being just May and Williams. We don't know yet. That's why we're going to keep track of it all season long, both here and on vikingswire.usatoday.com. Kevin Fielder, uh, one of my writers, and he is just absolutely brilliant. He is compiling a column of everybody's performances, and we're going to have those come out normally on Mondays. Today is going to be Tuesday because we have Clemson and Duke kicking off in about 10 minutes. And it's going to be really interesting to see how this thing pairs out because there's a lot of talent we have to figure out if they're good prospects. We just don't know. And it's going to be fun for Vikings fans to watch because they are very good. All right. Before we go, I'm going to talk about Bonix. Not sold on Bonix. Yeah, one good year last year. And Portland State is, it's like, I'm going to play flag football with a group of second graders. That's kind of the disparity. And it's nothing against Portland state. They're just completely outclassed and outmanned. I'm just, I'm not sold on Bonix. I'm not. Um, There's an article up on Vikingswire.com that kind of explains all of that. Uh, Go Google search Vikings wire and pick a quarterback. And we should have a report on, I know I said that earlier in the show, but I just want to reiterate it because we're going to have a lot more. We're going to be doing a lot more film stuff. We're going to be showing you, what these quarterbacks are and in depth, in detail and not just, Hey, this is a guy. This is what we're doing. 
you deserve to know these things and we're going to do our best to show you. And that is our show. Wednesday night, we will be back and we will be back with a special guest, Judd Zolgad, my writer from Vikings Wire and also the uh, co-host of Purple Daily. We're going to be breaking down week one. We're going to be breaking down the season and it's going to be a really big preview episode getting you ready for this weekend's festivities. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you're going to be seeing Judd more often on the channel at least once a month. Woo-hoo. And it's going to be it's going to be a good time. And I'm, I'm really excited for it. Also coming from Vikings First and Skull, tomorrow morning you are going to get, over on the podcast side, the very first show, Who Will Be King, is what we're calling it. And it is... Um, we are the four organizations that talk for the NFC North have got together and we've done our first podcast. It comes out tomorrow morning. So look at your podcast aggregator. There's the album art and we're kicking it off tomorrow. And then we had a good time and we laughed and we abused the Packers guy. Cause of course he was late and, it should be interesting. It should be fun. And who knows? Tyler may even join in on show or two as the week rolls on. But we open up tomorrow morning with the season preview of all the teams in the North. And you can find it on Vikings First and Skull. So just giving you a heads up. Yes, absolutely. Now, we're going to have a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot more coming from us. And We are going to have a great time here on Vikings First and Skull. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for joining us live. Or if you had to check us out on demand, we still appreciate you just the same. I'm Tyler. He's Dave. Thing we always say. Skull Vikings, baby. Skull Vikings. Like. Subscribe. And ring the bell to get notifications. It helps us grow this community that we all love our Minnesota Vikings. And on behalf of Tyler Fornis and myself, Dave Stefano, thank you so dearly for watching The Real Forno Show. Skull, everyone! This has been a Vikings First and Skull production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.